0: Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. It came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him, and a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanced. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee, and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace." While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Our Father, we pray that you might bless us this night. Help us, dear God, during these next few moments together, Lord, that you would speak to hearts. And uh, if there are those here tonight that are down and discouraged, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help them, encourage them. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen. Why do Christians suffer? Down through the ages, there have been many, many people who have asked this question, And uh, very diligently, the devil has set out to have people believe that those that are saved and living for God, that they don't suffer, that they should not suffer. Well, you and I know that that is not true. And uh, many of us have suffered. We know people in the Bible that suffered. Uh, Job uh, uh, suffered, and uh, Job, of course, uh, was not a sinful and wicked man. He didn't suffer because of his sin this was a testing that God placed upon Job and then of course the apostle Paul he suffered and he prayed and asked God to remove the thorn that was in his flesh but God wouldn't uh, did not do it and God allowed it to stay there and Paul rejoiced in the fact that the grace of God was sufficient to bear the burdens that were placed upon him why Christians have to suffer now in this story here jesus is telling a story and uh, about a little girl that was sick and about her her father uh, who was a ruler in the synagogue and and he had come to to get uh, jesus because his daughter was sick and uh, of course jesus was proceeding along with him to go back and and uh, uh, to see the little girl and to heal her of her sickness. And, and all of a sudden, the, uh, there was a woman there. The throngs were pressing in upon him, and there was a woman that uh, uh, stepped out and, and touched him. And uh, Jesus healed this woman here. And then uh, in verse number 49, you read these words. It says, While he yet spake, There cometh from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But Jesus goes on and raises the girl from the dead. Now, that's just the story uh, that is told here in the Word of God. And I want us to take a look at this tonight and and make some applications to our own lives. And I want us to try and answer the question of why Christians um, uh, have to suffer. I want you to see three things tonight. I want you to see number one: how does God test our faith? Amen. Now you ought to you ought to write these down and remember them. Ways in which God tests our faith. Now you know God never tempts anyone, Mother Jimmy, to do evil. That's right. God never does that. And uh, uh, when you have a temptation to do that which is wrong, that comes from the devil. And uh, but I want you to know this. God does test you, and uh, bless your heart, I believe with all of my heart, that if you're a child of God, saved, uh, born again, washed in the precious blood, you'll not live your life entirely here on this earth without going through some of the fires of God's testing here on this earth. So how does God test our faith? Number two, why does God test our faith? And number three, what shall we do when our, te- when our faith is tested? Now, doesn't make any difference uh, who you are, where you live, doesn't make any difference what station of life you're in. If you're a child of God, sooner or later, God is going to allow you to be tested in the fires of trial. Now, there are six ways in which God I believe, and I've got these jotted down. I want you to look at these with me tonight. Six ways through which God will test our faith. Number one, I believe that through the difficulties that throng us, God will test our faith. Now, bless your heart, there. Uh, in the story, here was a man trying to get Jesus to get uh, to come to his daughter. Brother Frank, I. I believe he was probably very impatient. I know I would be if my daughter was laying sick and I, I'd come to get the physician and the, the one who was to heal her and I was to get him to her. Well, I'd be impatient and I'd want him to come on. I'd say, come on, come on right this way now and let's move along. But the crowds came out, brother Bob, and they, they thronged him and they, they pressed in on him. And, and bless your heart. I believe difficulties throng us along the way also. Now, it may be a personal difficulty that, uh, that comes your way. It, it may be uh, sickness that comes into your home and into your household. Uh, it may uh, be th- uh, uh, something like a fire. You remember when your church burned down? Uh, uh, the Open Bible Church. Isn't that right? Open Bible Baptist Church. Is that right? And uh, it, it burned to the ground. I was scheduled to hold a revival there. And it burnt. That was a difficulty. I mean, listen, they wanted to move along. They wanted to get things done. They had Brother Bill scheduled to come and hold a revival meeting. They prayed about it. And they, they were looking forward to these days of revival. But um, God tested their faith. And God let that building burn to the ground. I believe God could uh, save the building if he wanted to. Amen. I believe he's able to do that. I don't believe God, I don't believe anything will come your way unless God allows it to come. Amen. And so, uh, I'm just saying to you that God tests us by difficulties that come our way. Sometimes, it may be that an unsaved husband or an unyielded wife. Now, uh, you can put it down. If you're, if you're a saved man, a saved husband, and you're, ye- uh, living with an unyielded wife, uh, then God's going to reward you for that. I mean, it's a difficulty now, and you may, uh, think that it's a hindrance to you, but I want you to know that this is a test of your faith, and, and a lot of people don't, don't pass the test. A lot of people turn aside and they say, well, if, if my husband's not going or my wife's not going, then I'll not go. I'll stay home with them. Now, this is wrong. Bless your heart. This is wrong, and it ought not to be. So difficulties come. And then God tests our faith by, by delays that uh, that tries. Now, uh, I know many times that I've prayed for things. I, I think about Brother Singer and Mrs. Singer. Bless your heart. I've seen them in revival meetings here. And I've seen them. They've been faithful. They've stuck by the stuff here. And we have people to come pray many times. And you'll see them get out. And they'll come down here and kneel at the front of the church. Now, um, I know that they're praying for Franklin, for him to get saved. I mean, listen. he. I, I guess he's the last one that's out and needs to get in. You know the ark of safety, and, and and they're wanting to get on. They're they're wanting to get saved, but there are delays that take place. And God tests us. God is trying our faith. I I think about uh, uh, brother Guy and sister Judy and and their son Jerry. And uh, Jerry's a, a, a listen. You pray for him, fine young man, but. Jerry has some real problems. He needs to be saved, and 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 uh, brother Guy and his wife and uh, Miss Thompson told me last year. Uh, uh, she said, preacher said, I I believe with all of my heart that that I just got to turn it over to God. And I've got to pray and leave it with Him. Now these are delays that uh, we pray and we think, well, why why God don't you answer our prayer? And God just delays in doing this. I think about brother Frank Palmer been praying for. Uh, his uh, brother-in-law uh mr Wilson and for so long brother Frank would weep and cry and, and and pray for him and i i know sometimes that that we despair and we want to turn aside but through difficulties and and delays and then uh through uh not only delays but i, I think about defeats in life God tests us through times like this miss remember when we were in illinois I never forget that i I came back to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now listen, if you've never tasted defeat, you'll never understand victory. Brother Delbert, if you had never went out and knocked on doors and... And and had that insurance uh, written up, and and all you needed was that uh, signature on the bottom line. You turned it around there, and the fella uh, scratched his head, and the woman scratched her brow and rubbed her forehead, and they said, uh, "No, I don't believe I'll take it." Now uh, that's defeat. You know, you you give it your best shot. You've worked hard on it. You've labored at it. You've done the best you could, but you've been defeated. Now, you'll never know the sweet taste of victory until you've known how to handle defeat. When I went to Illinois, I was up there a year. I came back to Chattanooga. I went in to see Dr. Lee Robertson, and I, I man, I thought we did real well up there, Ms. Burr. We started off with about um, 50 people. I think we had 50 people the first Sunday I was there. We had a $59 offering, and uh, we went from 50 people up to over 100 people in less than a year's time. And our offering back then grew from uh, $59 up to around $300 every week. And boy, I just thought I uh, was setting the world on fire. But things didn't work out. I resigned the church. Didn't even make it a year up there. And I went back to see Dr. Lee Robertson, walked in his office. I thought he was going to tell me, man, you did a good job up there, Bill. And now you got to go out somewhere else and start over. He didn't say that. He looked at me dead. Level in my eyeball, eyeball to eyeball, and he said, "Bill, you failed." Wow, I never had thought about it quite like that, you know. But I—I I mean, listen, when I when I analyzed it, I found out I had—I'd failed. I'd failed in determining God's will for my life. I mean, listen, I—I I wouldn't know how to experience the victories that we have here at Emmanuel, if I hadn't faced some defeats along the way, if I hadn't had some valleys, if I hadn't been delayed and discouraged along the way, I couldn't handle it. That's why God doesn't allow men of God to start off at the top. Isn't that strange? I mean, you have to start off at the bottom. You have to prove yourself. And uh, you don't have to prove yourself to God. God knows what you are, but you have to prove yourself to yourself. Amen. And Brother Delbert, it's awful good every now and then to write one out and work hard, and you say, "Now, sir, would you sign here?" And he said, "Oh, yeah," and writes that name. Well, that's a good feeling, isn't it? Huh? And you pat that old pocketbook, said, "Man, it's going to be good. It's going to be some grits on the table this week." You know, I I sold it. Well, that's victory. But I'm telling you, sometimes difficulties and and sometimes uh, uh, delays and and sometimes defeats, and then doubts. Sometimes, listen, uh, some folk have said. Uh, and really, when they, when, he, when they came and said to Jerry, said, said your daughter's dead, no doubt about it, I, you know, uh, he probably said, uh, well, it's no use now. No use now. Just, just give up. You know, I want to tell you something. You're, you're my favorite people in all this world. And I love you with all my heart and with all my soul. I love you. I sat down there last night and I listened to Dr. Pennell as he preached. And boy, I wept and cried. And it wasn't because I sad in my heart. I mean, joy bells were ringing in my heart. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion that most of you are just like me. One time, I got so backslid that I just, I thought it's no use. It's no use. Now, I don't have to go into detail. I I have confessed my sin to God. You don't need to know my life in detail. I don't need to know yours. But I want to talk to you about the goodness of the Lord when doubts come your way. And God tries you. You see, the Bible says the gifts of God are without repentance. The callings and gifts of God are without repentance. God never changes His mind. And my friend, you can get get backslid on God and get away from God. David did. David did. Bless your heart, but he got back to God. There may have been a time in David's life just as there was a time in my life when I said, well, there's no need any longer for me to try and God's never going to use me again. Oh, but thank God for His mercy. Amen. Thank God for His grace. Thank God that He forgives and He cleanses. I'm telling you, these are ways in which God tries you and tests you along the way. And then, bless your heart. God will permit your faith to be tested by death when it comes your way. I've never had anybody call me on the telephone or knock at my door and say, Brother Bill, your son or your daughter has been killed. Your son or your daughter has died. I've never had that happen to me. Some of you have. And I don't know how to sympathize with you. I've never been through those waters but I'll tell you, it must be terrible. But Mrs. Kavanagh, she received the word about the death and it seemed to drive her to God. And it was a testing that came away. And she said, oh God, I don't understand it, but God, I love you. And Lord, if I get through this thing, you're going to have to help me. And just the opposite happened to her husband. The testing came. And he got mean in his spirit, in his attitude. And he said, I don't understand how a loving God could take my child in death. You see how God tests us? One passes a test, one fails the test. I'm telling you, there are many ways in which God tests us. And then by dismay and torment. In verse number 52, the word, uh, uh, word says, And they all wept and bewailed her. Bless your heart. Here was a home that was filled with sadness. Let me tell you something. Dismay, heartache, sorrow, all of these things may come your way. But my friend, God is just testing you and God is trying your faith. And I, I just want to give you those things of how God tests your faith. Now, why does God test your faith? Well, let me say this to you. I don't believe anything. Don't go to sleep on me. huh? It's getting hot. I don't want you to get hot and get sweaty in here tonight. I mean, listen, we, we was all down there the other night. It was so hot in there, Brother Frank. I mean, it was scorching hot. And I, I looked over Miss Ms. and said, boy, I hope my deal doesn't fail tonight. I mean, listen, I, it was hot and there, sweating people everywhere, you know. Well, I want you, to, I want you to sit up and listen to what I have to say. Do you like me? Huh? You like me, don't you? I love you. I really do. I like every one of you, and I, and I could just sit with you and talk to you about the things of the Word of God all night, but I'm not going to do it. If you give me a few more minutes, I'll be through. Amen. I heard Dr. Jack Howes uh, say the other night, he said, give me four more minutes and I'll quit. He said, I don't know when I'll quit, but I'll quit. Give me four more minutes. Well, I'm like that. Now, nothing can come into your life unless God allows it. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. I believe it was a certain amount of uh, a sense of pride in the voice of God uh, when he talked about my servant, Job. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. And and nothing, absolutely nothing, can harm you unless God allows it. And then remember this. Everything that comes our way is for His glory and for our good. Amen. You, You mark that down. Anything that comes your way, if you're a child of God, it's for His glory and it's for our good. Well, then why? Why all these difficulties? Why all these delays, why all these doubts, why all these defeats, why all the death, why all the dismay that comes in our life, why do all these things happen to us? You know, for a well, number of years in my ministry, everything was coming up roses. That's right. And many a time I've gotten a pulpit and i said, you know, I've never had anything bad happen to me. And that was true. Never had. I had, uh, at that time, I had three children. And uh, all of them were just as healthy as could be. Now bless your heart then that Mary Beth was born into this world. And uh, uh, things began to happen. When she came here, she was having seizures. I never will forget that. And, uh, uh, listen, friend, uh, if you've never been through that, you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what a frightening experience it can be to have your own flesh and blood, your own little girl, uh, having, uh, seizures where a little body is, it, it just, just racked with a, with a seizure and convulsions. And, and this went on day and night. And Mrs. Burr said it even, She feels like it was happening even before she was ever born into this world with with peculiar movements in in this child that she had never felt in either one of the other children. Boy, all of a sudden, my balloon popped. The bottom fell out. I don't know whether you've ever had to go through that or not. If you have, my heart goes out to you, my friend. I don't know exactly how to express to you what it feels like to sit and hear the doctor tell you that your child, there's a 75% chance, and maybe even higher, that that child would would never be able to uh, speak plainly, never be able to maybe walk, May be a retarded child, not able to think something was wrong. And I, just like everybody else, you know, we begin to think, why, why, why? Ms. Burr and I, because of these things that happened to us, I believe we're closer today than we ever have been. I believe that with all my heart. I love my wife more today, tonight than I did 26 years ago. Now, I'm just like some of you. I may not go around expressing it like I did 26 years ago, but I'll tell you what I I love her with all my heart. And it's these things that draw us together. Now, why does God allow these things to come in our lives? Why, why Why did He allow this to happen to me? Why did He... Uh, have me a child that had. See, uh, sometimes when, when when your brother comes in and has Sarah with him, uh, you see, I understand. I understand how, how they feel. I understand what they've been through with. Now you say, why do these things happen to us? Well, I believe God wants to teach us some things. Amen. I believe God wants to teach us to wait on Him. I believe God wants us to, uh, wants to teach us some, uh, some humility. Uh, we'll, we'll do away with our proud hearts and, and do away with our pride and we'll, we'll depend upon Him. You see, the doctors said that's all we can do. That's all. They run every test. Now I thank God today that God has performed, a, literally a physical, Miracle of healing in the life of Mary Beth. She hasn't had a seizure now since she was five years old. Five years old. She's on the same amount of medication that she was when she was uh, five years old. It has never been increased. And I'm just trusting God that uh, uh, it will not have to. And that one day we'll be able to take her away from it completely. She's on her grade level in school and and just doing wonderful. And and people that didn't know this, if I didn't tell it, uh, they they probably wouldn't recognize it. But oh, listen, God teaches us to depend on Him. And God teaches us to be humble. And God teaches us to pray. Now, my friend, there's only been a few times. I'm trying to be honest with you. I want to be honest. I want to be that kind of preacher. I'm going to be honest with you. There's only been a few times in my life. Very few times. Now, I pray. I do pray. I'm not lying to you. I do pray. I pray today. And uh, I trust that you have. And this is my view that we we can talk to God and tell him the things that are on our heart. But I'm going to be honest with you. Now, it may be different with you, but I, I'm trying to be honest. I believe you could count on these two hands, and and I hope this doesn't destroy any faith that you have in your pastor tonight. I really do. But I must be honest with you. I believe you could count on your two hands the number of times that I've gone to the Lord and prayed, and I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I was right in the presence of Almighty God. Now, it doesn't happen like that always with me. I mean, it just doesn't. uh, And I thank God that through the experience with Mary Beth, God tested me. And I thank God that I went to Him. And while I was yet praying on several occasions, while I was praying, God Seemingly, and I didn't hear any voices. I didn't, uh, he didn't shake me on the shoulder or or speak to me in any way, but I was impressed down deep in my soul. Son, get up, get up. I've heard and I've answered your prayer. I thank God for that, amen. And I'm telling you that these testings come our way so that God can teach us. And then... I believe they come our way so that God can toughen us. Amen. I mean, listen, you, you need to be tough to stand for God in this world today. I, I read somewhere where they're, they're down in Texas. They just have little scrubby trees down there. They don't, they don't, tell me they don't grow very, very tall. And uh, uh, the reason they say for this is that the climate is so mild they don't have the hard winters and uh, uh, the trees are, uh, don't have to go through the testing time and therefore they don't grow to be giants like they do in other parts of the country. And then uh, uh, wish Brother Buck was here tonight. We'd maybe ask him to give us an illustration of this. He's a watchmaker. But I want you to know that the, the spring in this watch right here one that I have on my arm, which is a caravel. It's a boulevard. And there's a spring in there. And it uh, you can wind this watch up. You have to wind it. And the very same steel, Brother Loy, that is in that spring in there is the same steel that's in the rails on what a train runs on. But now the, the flexibility of this steel spring in here is much greater. I mean, the fire that this spring had to go through with and the tempering of this spring and this watch was much, much greater than the fire that the rail had to undergo. And I'm telling you, it was through the fire that this became so strong. And it's through the fires of life that you'll become strong.